Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, at Spirit, been on Twitter. I'm not by myself. Now, Bradley Sowell, he's out on assignment. But filling in, coming up for the lead, is Colin Brister. He's in Hoover, Alabama, for the SEC Baseball Tournament. Ole Miss won on Tuesday, beating Auburn. And yes, we don't know the results Wednesday night. The SEC Baseball Tournament schedule makes it to where recording a podcast is a little difficult to make it timely. So instead of trying to break down what happened, we cover all scenarios. Whether home is lost, won, doesn't matter. What does it need to do to get a top eight national seat? Is there a path? And yes, there's a path, a realistic path. Then coming up on the Modern Woodman phone line is Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach. On Monday, Ole Miss men's basketball gets back started with its summer program. Also on Monday, as we go around the circle later, Ole Miss football, the newcomers, are making their way to campus, but three guys aren't going to be there. Now, you shouldn't be concerned, and I'll explain it to you, but Monday's going to be a big day. Wednesday was a big day for Ole Miss women's golf, a sport we don't necessarily cover much, if at all, here on Talk of Champions, but they competed for a national championship on Wednesday. So I feel it's important, once we go around the circle, to touch on what happened and how important it is. And the last time Ole Miss won a team national championship, it's been a long time. But right now, the number one story of the big three sports is baseball. Can Ole Miss make its run towards a national seed? Can that happen? But before we get into it, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you, didn't remind you, if you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, you know what I'm going to say. Leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. And this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. doesn't matter. Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, SoundCloud. If you search Talk of Champions, this podcast will be wherever you find your podcasts. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. It's time to go now to Colin Brister. He's my baseball guru. He's the guy I go to when I just want to bounce some ideas off of somebody. Because he's a nerd about it. He's obsessed with college baseball. No better person to tell us whether or not Ole Miss has a realistic path. And that's where we start with the lead. What am I hearing? The lead. We're going gorilla. We're taking it to the streets while keeping an eye on the street. The lead brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Maybe you're a college student fresh out of school looking for your first job. A good job. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking for new financial representatives here in Mississippi. And no background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who's highly self-motivated, someone who wants to make a difference 
in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woman, who powers Talk of Champions and brings us to our first topic, leading us off, Colin Brister joining us from Hoover. Ole Miss baseball beat Auburn on Tuesday. We don't know the results tonight against Vanderbilt because we had to record this before those games. But there is a path to a national seat. The biggest college baseball nerd I know is Colin Brister. So I thought of nobody better to break down the scenarios. If Ole Miss lost against Vanderbilt, won against Vanderbilt, what does it have to do to ensure that a super regional goes through Oxford? And we welcome Colin now. Colin, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Over here in Hoover, uh, watching some baseball. It's, uh, it's a good time of year. Good time of year. Yeah, it's your favorite time of the year. You're a nerd. It is. I can't. I am a nerd. Yeah. It's your favorite time of the year. You were there for Doug's start against Auburn. Now, I don't want to get into the whole conversation about whether or not Doug should have been starting to begin with. I'm not there. So what was it like to watch Doug in person? I think the the most impressive thing was he gives up the home run on, on what was a pretty good pitch, right? I mean, we're talking about a curveball that is outside on the outside corner of his knee that Bliss pulls over the plate. I mean, Bliss is going to play in the major leagues. And I think the most impressive thing, and I knew Doug was like this, was it, it didn't rattle him. Like, he was still the same dude for six innings and uh, went and mowed down guys. I think he retired 12 in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, really, really good. Uh, was able to throw three pitches in the strike zone, uh, three or four pitches in the strike zone. Uh, man, I – you know, look, um, he's obviously doing this on short rest. Auburn, for as bad as they are, is a pretty good offensive team. I thought it was one of Doug's better days. Um, you know, if Bench, and I'm not blaming Bench, but if Bench makes a play there in the fifth inning, I mean, we were talking about six innings, one run. And, um, you know, so I, I thought he was really, really good. I thought, you know, like you said, you could get into the bay whether he should have pitched, whether he could, shouldn't have. Um, the more I found out throughout the week, I started to agree with it. Um, but, I, I, I thought he was really good. I thought he was vintage Doug, Nic- vintage Doug Nicasey, and I, I thought that's exactly what Ole Miss needed. Yeah, they needed it, and had they not won, they wouldn't have advanced the double elimination round, but that's where they are now. Again, right. we don't know what happens tonight against Vanderbilt as we record on this Wednesday. Because of the SEC tournament schedule, it makes for recording a podcast very strange. Looking at the results so far, Florida beats Mississippi State 13-1. to Alabama beats Tennessee 3-2. to That means in the third round, in the early game, you got Tennessee and Mississippi State. At 5.30, you got Florida and Alabama. Now, the next two games, as we're recording, are to be determined. That means sure. that Georgia and Arkansas has to be decided and Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. Now, as we look towards a national seed possibility for Ole Miss, knowing the results that came down on Wednesday to start, give me the breakdown. Okay, so um, today so far has been best case scenario from an Ole Miss perspective. I think, you know, a lot of people went into this week with the mindset that that there were four locked national seeds in the SEC, and I just didn't believe that. Um, I thought Tennessee and Mississippi State were vulnerable if they went 0-2. Well, now one of them is going 0-2. Now, in saying that, that does not just take the national seed from them. Someone still has to go take it. That team is Ole Miss. They're the only team outside of Florida that has any opportunity to do that. Um, and Florida cannot catch Ole Miss if Ole Miss does what they need to do to be a national seed. Does that make sense? Like there is a world where Florida catches Ole Miss, but at that point it's irrelevant because Ole Miss didn't do enough to be a national seed. Um, and Ole Miss has already done enough to host. That that conversation is no longer relevant. Um, look, the path is tomorrow, I think, is as much as I don't want to say this. Uh, you probably need to root for Mississippi State to beat Tennessee. 
Uh, you're talking about a Tennessee team that has a 10 RPI. Um, an Ole Miss win tonight gets them likely to 12. Um, Tennessee's resume is a li little bit more fragile than Mississippi State, and Tennessee's athletic director is not on the selection committee. I mean, let's just put that out there. Um, I think with a couple of wins, you would have a very, very hard time convincing me that a 0-2 Tennessee team deserves to be in over Ole Miss if Ole Miss can go 2-0 over the next two, two days. Um, look, that's a tall ask. I mean, you got to beat a good Vanderbilt team today. You got to beat a Georgia team that's playing for its postseason life or the best team in the country in Arkansas. Is there a path? Absolutely. And I think after today, Ole Miss controls its own destiny. That being said, it's still a very, very tall ask. First, let's acknowledge that Vanderbilt and Arkansas, they're kind of punting the SEC tournament. They have nothing to gain really in Hoover this week. So what's the point? So for Ole Miss, that's great because even if they're punting, it doesn't matter from an RPI standpoint. It only helps you. So yep. if they're just going to clear the way for you, thank them and go <laughs> go take advantage exactly. of it, I guess, is, is the best way to put it. Okay, That's so what I'll, I'll ask you this question because I, I don't know. Um, so Ole Miss, like let's presume, because if Ole Miss doesn't win tonight, I don't really think this conversation is relevant. If you're Ole Miss, would you rather play number one RPI Arkansas tomorrow or number like 38 Georgia? Because you're going to get an Arkansas team that's not going to exactly go full blast. Who, who do you think they should play? Arkansas. Arkansas? Yeah. I think I'm with you. According to the math, it doesn't matter what they're doing to set themselves up. The math is still the math, and it helps you. Yep. So yep. you're right in regards to Mississippi State beating Tennessee. And in blind resumes, Ole Miss is better than Florida. Because Florida, you could say, well, they have the tiebreaker over Ole Miss. That doesn't matter. Not for a national seed, because Ole Miss in its RPI record is better than Florida. I think Florida's got a losing RPI record. Ole Miss is better against the top 10, against the top three. All the metrics that you would consider – as you consider the national seeds, Ole Miss is better. So Florida's not even, not even in the conversation for me in regards to who can go steal a national seed. Ole Miss is. So let's play this out. If Ole Miss loses to Vanderbilt, is the national seed conversation just done? Is it over? No. No. Um, I think that point, Ole Miss will probably need to get to Sunday. I think So here, here's how I'm, I'm assessing this, right? I think there is a path for Ole Miss to be a national seed. If they went on Wednesday, they went on Thursday, they lose on Saturday. Okay, so that's a two and run, two and one record in the SEC tournament from now on. So it would actually be three and one. I do not think there is a. I'll say it like this: I do not think there is a path for Ole Miss to be a national seed if they lose two games in the SEC tournament. Um, which means one of two things happened: you either um, won on Sunday or you lost the single elimination game on Saturday, which I think that that's okay if you went 2-0 and until that single elimination game. Um, I just don't think that losing two games presents a scenario for Ole Miss to be a national CD. So if Ole Miss wins, obviously you go play Arkansas if they beat Georgia. Then if you win those two games, is that it? I'm, I'm not feeling comfortable, but I think so. I, I would feel 100% confident if Ole Miss wins in the next three games. I would feel very, very confident if Ole Miss wins the next three games, they will be a national seed. Uh, two, a little dicey. You'd prefer Tennessee be the one that went 0-2 in that situation. Um, but I think there's a very real opportunity with, with a 2-0 mark over the next two days, yes. How important is it really for Ole Miss to be a national seed? It's a team that's 500 on the road. Um, I think it matters. I think that the reality is that this program has not played a, a super regional in Oxford, Mississippi in 12 years. 
Um, and when you talk about what you built that stadium for, I think you built that stadium to play Super Regionals. Now, can this team get to the College World Series on the road? Absolutely. Um, but it's a lot easier at home. And and I just it, it matters and it matters too because right if you're a national seed you're by just logic going to play a worse team at home right instead of not being a national seed and having to go play the seven seed and you know Mississippi State or whoever I, I I think it does matter I think it's certainly relevant. I'm going to ask you a mailbag question that was submitted on Tuesday. Is Ole Miss best suited or best set up for a super compared to a regional? I think Ole Miss yes. basically has to go three zero in a regional to get out of it. Yeah, um, I, I actually, I think they do too. Um, but I, yes, I, I think they're certainly uh, much more prepared to go through a super because, you know, really, I, I'll be honest with you, uh, there's not many people in the country I think that's going to beat Doug, Doug McKay right now. So in my mind, you're starting off a super one and oh, and I look, I, I understand the Ole Miss and, and what's happened with history. I understand that's gone, you know, awry three times, but I'll still take being up one th- oh and, and having two shots to win one game. Okay. So looking at Ole Miss and its resume and what it's done up to this point in totality, is this about where you thought they'd be? No. Um, well, it depends on when you asked me that question. If you asked me that question in February, yes. If you would have asked me that question in March, I thought they would be a little bit ahead of this simply because I knew the SEC at that point was a little bit down uh, from, a, from a bottom feeder perspective. Uh, but I also didn't know at that point that they were going to lose Hoagland and uh, Elko for the time that they did. So I think when you take all things into account, yeah, probably. Um, I, I did think this was a team that's going to win the SEC West and, and you know, go to Hoover with a national seed already locked up just because of what they had returning and what was on the mound. But obviously when you, you know, consult the injuries that they had, that, that this is certainly, uh, I thought, you know, a, a pretty good pretty good job of this team to be 18 and 12 and have themselves in this situation. Even without Gunner, can this team make it to Omaha, especially with this offense that's among the best in the yes. country? Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. No, no question in my mind. Um, you would have a hard time. And I, I talked about this with someone last night. I, you'd have a hard time convincing me this, the 2014 team that finished third in the country is better than, the, than this team, even as, as currently constructed. I, I think this team is just as good as that team. My whole deal with this team is I think we're going to look back, no matter how they finish, unless they finish sure. with a national championship and make, or just make it to Omaha, period. We're going to look back at this team as just the shittiest luck team ever. Yeah. And it's going to go back yeah. to last year, too. We're going to think of 2020 and this year kind of as one full, big, torturous season in that, first of all, you had Gunner and Doug leading a rotation that twice had an opportunity to lead a team to Omaha, then once a generational pandemic, and then the second time, Gunner goes down with a freaking Tommy John UCL yeah. tear injury. I mean, my God, the worst it, luck imaginable. Not to mention Tim Elko, the best hitter on this team. If I told you before the year that Ole Miss was going to lose for long periods of time, Doug Nikhazy, Tim Elko, and Gunnar Hoagland, one of them for the year, you'd say, oh, they're sunk. They have no shot in hell. And yet sure. here they are, and we're talking about a potential path to a national seed. And that's a credit, not just to the players and yep. – you know, the Kevin Grahams of the world's to step up and do what they needed to do, like Kevin Graham against left-handed pitching. But Mike Bianco, too. We can all have our beef with how Mike Bianco lines up the lineup or handles the rotation or handles the bullpen. And I've bitched and moaned constantly about those things. But considering where they are after all that they dealt with, this has been one of the most snake-bitten teams ever, and yet they still have a path. And I'm not making excuses. I'm simply saying that the fact remains – that they've had terrible injury luck, and last year, a once-in-a-generation pandemic hit, and you've been robbed 
of two opportunities for an Ole Miss team with two of the best pitchers to ever come through here, leading your rotation, yep. making it to Omaha. You've been robbed of that, and that yep. just sucks. It does. It does. I, you know, you talk about it. I'm lucky. And I, I kind of even feel that way from, you know, what's happened on the field perspective. I mean, everyone talks about the Will Frizzell home run. Uh, but like, how unlucky do you have to be that this guy hits a ball at, at look, we can argue what, you know, the bun or whatever in that game, but like how unlucky do you have to be that this guy hits a ball at his neck over the fence um, on an O2 count. It just, you know, everything that had to go wrong in that game. And there were other games like this too, went wrong. Um, and even still, you're talking about a team that's 18 and 12 and, and you said it, it's look, I've obviously, if you, you've read anything that I've written or listened to Brian in my podcast, I have had certain, certainly issues with Mike Bianco and his management of the pitching staff and, and certain different things. But from a totality standpoint to be 18 and 12, to have 39 wins, I think, um, certainly a, a great, a really good managerial job overall. Um, you, we can, we can question things on the micro for sure. But when you talk about the totality of this season, he, he's done one heck of a job. He has. Now, it's not been a great year for Josh Porter, the team trainer. But for Mike Bianco, <laughs> sure. even with all the beef that we have with him in regards to small things that he does, not small things. Those are tangible things that actually have sure. impacts on games, lineup, construction, and bullpen management. Even with the different things, the different problems that we have with the way he goes about it, his approach, they're still at 38 wins. They're still at 18 wins in the conference. It's a lock that they're going to host a regional. It's funny, though, because D1 Baseball comes out on Wednesday and says effectively that Ole Miss has got to win the damn thing just to host, which is absurd. Yeah, real real quick on that. That's a guy that writes a column that covers West Coast baseball. It was not Kendall and Aaron. I'll give them – and I've been critical of them. I'll give them a little bit of a pass. Uh, that guy had no idea what he was talking about. I mean, but why in the world would you even put that up there without even a cursory understanding – of not only the history of 17 win teams in the league, sure. but also where the national seed and top 16 standings are. And I think a lot of the reason why Ole Miss fans have a beef with that, I'm saying beef a lot today. What the hell is wrong <laughs> with me? I think a big reason why Ole Miss fans have a problem with that is because Kendall, and I like Kendall a lot, and Aaron, I like I Aaron a lot. Um, they came out and effectively said that Ole Miss was not going to be one of the 20 pre-selected teams by the NCAA, and they were, and they doubled down on that. So I get why Ole Miss fans would take issue with that type of analysis when you've already proven incorrect in regards to whether or not Ole Miss was going to be one of the 20 teams when they were obviously going to be one of the 20 teams. It's just a weird hill to die on. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's You're right. It is a weird hill to die on. I... I have some issues with D1 baseball and their coverage, and, and I don't necessarily think they, they've done a bad job this year. I just, you know, there, there are certain things that, uh, you know, things they've said about Ole Miss this year that have kind of upset me when they talk about, you know, Ole Miss doesn't have, you know, quality series wins when we're talking about, you know, uh, putting them in the 20. It's like, well, okay, but series wins aren't a thing that the committee considers, and also sweeping a team and going two and one against a team should not be held in the same light when we're talking about series wins. That's absurd to me. Um, but you know, they, they do do a good job. Um, but I've just had a little bit of issues, like you said, with, uh, things I've said about Ole Miss this year, for sure. Yeah. Just chill out with it. All right. One of the few things I want to hit on before I let you go and jump to Kermit Davis here. Okay. Number one, by the end of this week, as we're just kind of looking into a crystal ball, we're projecting things. We're talking to future Ben and future Colin and future Ole Miss <laughs> fan listening to the podcast. Cause again, we don't know the results of tonight. Okay. So by the end of the week, what will Ole Miss's end result be? Let's, let's play this out a little bit. I, I'll, I'll say this. I do not think Ole Miss is going to go 0 for 2 in their next two games. 
I do. Here's what I worry about. I worry that Ole Miss is going to maybe win tonight, and then let's say they lose to Arkansas tomorrow. Well, Vanderbilt's throwing rocker tomorrow. So then you've got a game on Friday against Liger um, with Drew McDaniel, maybe. Don't like the odds there. Um, so Ole Miss's path is, has to be perfect, really. I think it has to be 2-0. and And I'm not willing to bet that this team goes 2-0. and I certainly hope I'm wrong. Um, but I, I don't think anyone would fault me for saying I don't think this team is going to go 2-0 and against Vanderbilt and likely Arkansas. So I'm going to say they fall just a tad bit short of a national seed. I'm going to give them the 10 seed. I'm going to give them the 10 seed matched up with either Mississippi State or Texas Tech. What would be the worst draw possible for all this? Arizona would be bad. Um, I don't want Vanderbilt just because those two guys can shut you down if they wanted to. I would go Vanderbilt one, Arkansas two, Arizona three. I don't want to play any of the. And well, let me excuse me. I'll go Arkansas one, Vanderbilt two, Tennessee three, Arizona four. I okay, think that's on. the four. Why is Tennessee such a bad matchup? They so and you you can disagree with me if you're wrong. When I when I consider who I want Ole Miss to be matched up for a super regional, I do not want a team that can mash. I want a team that can pitch and doesn't hit extremely well. Um, Tennessee is the inverse of that. They don't really pitch. But my God, they mashed the baseball around the park. Um, so I just think that's the matchup you want from Ole Miss, and, and Tennessee's kind of the polar opposite of that. Okay, what is Arizona then? Same, Same thing. thing. They yeah. mash it all over the park. Okay. Because I think I looked at D1 baseball's projections, and they had Ole Miss matched up with Arizona, and the two seed yeah. coming to Oxford was Louisiana Tech, which beat Ole Miss 13-1 earlier this year. So that yeah. sounded just absolutely awful. <laughs> and the three seed, I can't remember. It was a pretty good three seed. I think UConn, maybe. Yeah, somebody. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I I do not obviously look. You don't want to go to Arkansas, and you don't want to go to Vanderbilt for obvious reasons. But past that, yeah, I think if I got to pick two teams, Ole Miss couldn't go to. My next two would be Tennessee and and Arizona. I know people would say, oh, they've not had any success against Mississippi State. And I understand that, but you're going to have to beat a really good team to go to the College World Series more than likely. And I just think from a matchup perspective. Uh, Ole Miss would fare better against State than they would in Tennessee or in Arizona. To which I would say Ole Miss has lost 16 of 19 to State. So they have. I, I don't they know have. if I agree with that. Here's my question, though. How often do you see it? Now, obviously, the last time Ole Miss was in a Super, it was yeah. against Arkansas and Fayetteville. But don't they try to avoid that? They, Conference well, okay. teams matched up against so, each other in a Super? So here's the thing. Um, they used to. They used to. But they used to not seed teams 1 through 16. They would just seed them 1 through 8, and then they would match them up on location and not pair together conferences. Now that they've seeded them one through 16, they don't care. They, they mark you down one through 16, one plays 16, two plays 15, three plays 14. And if it's conferences, it's conferences. I, I there's no, there's no trying to avoid it. Now they, they just seed them one through 16 and let it fall where it may. All right, then he's Colin Brister at Colin Brister on Twitter. Why is your Twitter private? Uh, if you want the real answer, um, the school district, I'm um, so we can't have children follow us. <laughs> So I have to lock it so kids don't follow me. That's yeah, probably there you for go. the best. There's your answer. It's probably for the best. At Colin yeah. Brister on Twitter, I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. That's the lead. Let's go around the circle and then jump to Kermit Davis. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Around the circle. That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. It's time to go around the circle, brought to you by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. The car buying process can be overwhelming. Believe me, I've been there.
You're just looking to get the best deal anyway. And if that's the case, and to avoid the headache, head on over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you and get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is their staff aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Make sure to tell them Talk of Champions sent you. They'll want to make the process as seamless as possible and that you get what you want at a good price. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. To find your perfect car, truck, or Jeep, Alan Samuels, let's be friends. A lot happened Wednesday in Ole Miss sports. And no, we're not just talking about the big three. Finally, at long last, an Ole Miss athletics team has won a national championship. Ole Miss women's golf finished it off on Wednesday. They won a national championship. It's the fourth team national championship all time. The first outright title. Ole Miss football captured a share in 59, 60, and 62, including individual titles. Ole Miss boasts 26 total national championships. No, it's not football. It's not baseball. It's not basketball. But it matters. It's important. And it's exciting. I don't run from this. I grew up an Ole Miss fan. I went to Ole Miss. I married an Ole Miss girl. And for the last 13 years, I have covered Ole Miss. Now, the relationship is different. It has to be because it's my job. But I'm human. And I had convinced myself I was never going to see an Ole Miss athletics team win a national championship in my lifetime. I kind of figured the 2016 Sugar Bowl for Ole Miss football, that was the pinnacle. That was as good as it was going to get. In basketball, making it to the Sweet 16, that was as good as it was going to get. Baseball, getting to Omaha, just getting to Omaha once since the 70s was as good as it was going to get. Any sport, any team winning a national championship. I'd given up. I'm 35 years old. A lot of you are older than me and have waited a whole hell of a lot longer. So don't let anyone bring you down today or try to diminish the accomplishment of Wednesday, the history made on Wednesday for those ladies. Hang the banner. Ole Miss women's golf won a national championship. An Ole Miss athletics team won a national championship. That's a big deal. I know I'm not going to allow anyone, anyone's cynicism to seep in to my own personal appreciation of the accomplishment. It was awesome to see. The final putt for Ole Miss to win a national championship and to watch those golfers celebrate winning a championship. And there it is. Ole Miss has won the national championship. So congratulations are in order for Ole Miss Women's Golf. You did it. You finished the job. Most every other Ole Miss team I've ever followed in my entire life never finished the job, but you did. You won a national championship, and that deserves celebration. That deserves every Ole Miss fan being excited today, going to work, fired up. Enjoy it, man, because honestly, do we really think we're going to get another one anytime soon? I don't. 
But if any other team does pull it off, if yesterday's celebration was any indication, it's going to be Bedlam in Oxford, and I can't wait to actually see it and cover it for myself. Because it will have been well-earned, and Wednesday was well-earned for those women. Moving on to football, move-in day for the remainder of the 2021 class is set for Monday. All but three of the remaining Rebels should arrive in Oxford, according to David Johnson, my co-worker at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. To begin summertime workouts, the 2021 recruiting class consisted of 27 signees, finished ranked 17th nationally and 6th in the 14-team SEC. Every player Ole Miss signed has or is on track to qualify academically. The three that aren't going to make it are Tywon Malone, Talik Robbins, and Maryland transfer linebacker Chance Campbell. Now, the reason why Tywon Malone and Talik Robbins aren't going to be on campus yet is simply because they graduate late. That's it. Their graduation stuff stretches into the first week of June. So they should be here middle of June. Chance Campbell, there's no concern there either. He's simply finishing up some academic work involved with his transfer. So there you go. Expect it on campus on Monday. Wide receiver Braylon Brown, wide receiver J.J. Henry, offensive lineman Jaden Williams, defensive lineman Demarcus Smith, defensive lineman Jabran Hawkins, offensive lineman Cedric Nicely, offensive lineman Eric Cade, and kicker Caden Costa. Don't forget, a sizable chunk of the class arrived in January and went through spring practices. Some of the top-ranked guys went through spring practices. Both of those highly-ranked JUCOs, Isaiah Iton, Jamon Gordon, four-star guys Markevious Brown, Tysheem Johnson, so now the rest of the class is getting here. And of the guys you should be watching for, J.J. Henry, he's up there. He's one of Bradley Sal's favorites in this class and could be a leading candidate to step in to fill the shoes of Elijah Moore in the slot. So a big day on Monday. Football players reporting, Ole Miss basketball ramping back up, and then later that week, the Oxford Regional. Will Ole Miss be a national seed? We'll have to wait and see. How does this run in Hoover finish up? But what a day it was on Wednesday, right? You have every right to celebrate, be excited. Ole Miss Women's Golf brought it home. A national championship. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And that's it for Around the Circle. Now it's time to go to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach. Men's basketball gets back started on Monday with its summer program. So what should we be expecting from Ole Miss basketball this summer? And is Kermit done in the transfer portal? I asked him. But before we hear from Kermit, let's hear from B&A Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? 
But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going out to the Modern Woodman Phone Line to speak to Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach. Summer workouts are heating up. I think it's coming up next week. Kerm, how you doing, man? We're doing good, Ben. Just like you said, uh, you know, May's a good time for our staff to, you know, to get off their feet a little bit. Where you know, everybody continues to work, but to get out of the office and uh, and then I'm, I'm back and uh, uh, my staff, everybody, be back on Saturday and our players come in on, on Monday and then uh, you know get right back into school on Tuesday. Man, just when you think. You've relaxed, you've taken a trip, maybe you went to Turks and Caicos or somewhere like that, and then boom, you're back and you're right back in the thick of things. Man, it's like a full-year deal now, right? It doesn't stop anymore. It does, you know, and it's it's good for for things to get back to normal. Like I said, if the Garden in New York has 15,000, I think we're going to be good for full capacity in the pavilion next year. So I saw that the other night in the NBA made me feel good. And, uh, but it's, it, you can feel things are getting back to normal. Uh, a lot of our players are getting vaccinated, you know, and try, everybody's trying to get to a certain mark to get everything back to normal in your building. And, uh, but it is, it'll be good for us. We can finally now we can go recruiting in June for a couple weekends with our staff. First time anybody's been away from campus. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it will be like some of these guys, Ben, you think about it. I mean, we haven't we haven't met them because of Zoom. Haven't met their families. It'll be a lot of fun for us to be able to see everybody on Monday. Hell, I hadn't seen you in person in a year. <laughs> That's the truth. I mean, in, in that, uh, it's amazing. Just uh, you know, we had a little get together, a little coaches clinic with Bill Self and Tim Jankovich, and uh, and we're just sitting there visiting about basketball, and we're talking about COVID and the different things that are going on. And uh, I know every coach in America is just excited about being able to get back to, to meetings and, you know, doing all the normal things we always took for granted. Yeah, see, one thing I didn't know that I missed, or maybe I took it for granted, was the crowds. Because now you watch Major League Baseball games, the NBA, the playoffs are happening. And my God, man, just the fan experience and how much it matters for games, you took it for granted before you didn't have it anymore. Yeah, you know, and uh, – Sometimes even the crowds of, you know, six, seven thousand for non-conference on during the during the winter break or something like that. 
they'll seem like, you know, unbelievable crowds now. And uh, we look forward to the pavilion getting rocking and hopefully enjoying our team. You know, it really hit me in the PGA championship when I watched it, mm. you know, just the crowd was right there. And then I watched the playoff game a little bit with the Knicks and saw the garden kind of being back to the old garden. They're winning some. And yeah, that just makes you feel good, you know, and that, that, yep, we're coming back and that fans are going to start filling up these college stadiums and arenas, uh, you know, here in the fall. I should have known that Kermit Davis was glued to his television when Phil was making his push. I should have known. <laughs> oh, I just, you know, I, I was driving back. I had to do a coaches versus cancer uh, auctioned off a round of golf at Old Waverly and three really good guys from New Orleans uh, won the auction. And, and so we were playing golf at Waverly. I got back to like the last, uh, I drove, I, I, told you, I went to Tupelo I, to pick up Allie. My daughter was saying my dad and mother and, I watched the last two holes, but I listened to it on the PGA XM. And uh, that is just such a cool story that a guy 50 and the things he did to get his body back going again and the mental toughness. Yeah, that's, that's remarkable. And he, uh, he's had an unbelievable year. So coming up this summer, what is the plan? What is the schedule? How do y'all go about the summer? I know y'all get a little bit of activity with them, the strength and conditioning process. You got a lot of new guys coming in. So what is that entire schedule and process like? Yeah, you know, we'll come in on the 7th, have kind of our first team, excuse me, on the 31st and have our first team meeting, see everybody. And really we'll spend that first week uh, being kind of second through the fourth of, you know, physicals, paperwork, academics, you know, freshmen. We've got the four freshmen coming in and different things they'll be doing. Then on the 7th of June is when we'll start our our first workout. So we'll go four times on the floor, four times in the weight room. We get eight hours total. We're going to start out maybe the first week or two and two or three kind of groups of, of about four or five, you know, a lot of skill development. Then we'll get into team workouts, uh, have one team workout a week from that. And, you know, and just like we haven't really seen some of these guys play in person. So we're looking forward to just watching them and starting to coach them. I know we're on Zoom calls every week uh, leading up to – to them coming in, and I know they're really excited about getting here. When you got a bunch of new guys and you've got uh, not necessarily a change of philosophy, but you're going to be doing some different things offensively, how does that play into how you approach the summer and the work that you put in, what you put them through? Does it change anything, or is it pretty you know, much a normal process? Well, you know, offensively, we're, obviously we're, you know, we're going to do some some different things, but we still have a, a base of, of what we do that we, we know works, and uh, – you know, last year, as we know, uh, I love the effort of our team, but we had some struggles, obviously, shooting the ball and uh, some struggles, you know, passing it. And uh, I was just, you know, really proud that we found a lot of different kind of ways, you know, to, to win and uh, down the stretch. But I think this team is just faster, uh, more skilled. Uh, I mean, can hopefully, you know, shoot the ball better in spots. But but the basic core of how we work, Ben, won't change. You know, pace of reps, pace of play, uh, toughness, those kind of things. We're not going to get away from those at all. But I am, I'm really, really excited about just coaching some of these guys that we haven't had our hands on yet and, uh, you know, and kind of getting them, you know, back to our pace of play, even for our returning guys. We, we didn't have much of a spring. You know, we kind of did about seven days worth of uh, of workouts because 
we had to shut down two weeks earlier because exams were, were earlier this year than normal because of COVID. So, yeah, we have a lot of guys that we haven't really worked with in a while. Well, it's really interesting, too, because these last couple of months, y'all have been baptized into the name, image, and likeness stuff, and then all of the transfer portal stuff. You're constantly recruiting now. There's not just two cycles and you're done. You're constantly evaluating your roster. You're constantly evaluating guys that are entering the portal. you still got guys entering the portal now. So for you, what's that been like? What have you learned over the last couple of months? And maybe how has the entire environment in regards to college basketball changed from previous years in terms of what you're doing now? Yeah, it'll forever never be the same, Ben. And the fans have got to get used to it. And, you know, I've always, I'm always asked, tell me about the transfer portal. Well, it's what it is. It's not going away. It's just, it is what it is. And so we've got to adapt to the transfer portal. Uh, you got to continue to do a great job of trying to recruit your guys on your campus, but there's going to be guys to leave. There's just, I think it says 130 to 140 programs in college basketball lost six or more players. And, uh, and that number is going to continue to rise. Although I do think some data will come out, Ben, after this year, there's going to be a lot of guys that couldn't find a place to play to enter the portal. Uh, that data will come up, uh, you know, so some guys who have transferred one time that can't transfer again. So that's a class that won't be able to do it again. So it, it'll settle in a little bit. Uh, but you know, you've just, you can't get away from high school guys, but I tell you one thing, Ben, I mean, we looked at our 22 list and you know, when you know the type of player you may can get in the portal, it's cut our list down that we're going to still going to recruit them. But if they told you right now they would come to your school, you, you may wait, you know, and say, look, uh, we have great interest, but we want to really want to watch you play. And uh, so, you know, that, that's that's going to be a part of the process. And then um, always evaluating the, the portal. I do think next year, Ben, that it's not set in stone. I don't think yet, but May 1 is going to be the last day that, that they can enter the portal. The one thing that happened this year a lot of us didn't factor in is none of these transfer guys could take official visits. So you imagine how long this process is going to get when they can go back. So they want to go take three or four visits. You know, they, they just did them on zoom calls and you have 28 official visits you can use over two years. And now that's going to cut into that a ton. Just think about it. You can visit juniors now, grad, you know, transfers. So it's going to take us a little bit to understand exactly how to use it, how to navigate it. Do you think any of this stuff, this COVID stuff in regards to Zoom and how y'all approach recruiting, any of it's going to stick at all? Or is it just going to go back to the way it was? I sure hope it does, Ben. We, we all love to work. We all love to get out. Uh, the worst thing about it is that you, you, you couldn't have families come to your campus. You hated that for the, for, the, for, the, for the student and the family trying to make a decision without feeling it in person and meeting your players. Uh, but uh, I sure hope we can remember – that some of these things that we're doing just to go see a kid because team A's going or team B's going because team C's going, you know, and just the money that we've spent. So I, ho I hope we can work smarter, you know, and use some of this Zoom, uh, but still be effective. Uh, I hope we don't forget everything. For you, do you think that you're done or do you think you could still add somebody potentially? We, we may add somebody, Ben, but right now I, I think we're, I would say that we're, you know, we're done. I mean, our guys are going to come on the 31st, but, I, I can never say never, you know, even for this class. Uh, I know the guys that are on our team are excited about our team, uh, you know. And so uh, but we'll, we'll, we always keep monitoring everything, you know. But we sure look forward to, 
to getting our guys here and start putting our hands on them and start shaping them into a, a team we're looking forward to coaching. Of the returning guys, who are you most excited about in terms of what they've done up to this point before they return in the summer? Because Matthew Morell has had a lot of videos on Instagram and things like that. Luis Rodriguez, he's going to play for the Panama team. There's just a lot of encouraging signs for guys that you need to step up and take another step, especially from distance. That could really help you next year, and especially in that spot, as you mentioned, three-point shooting, where y'all really struggled last year. Yeah, you know, Ben, I really couldn't – I'm really excited. I know it sounds generic, but I'm really excited about – about all of them, you know, mm-hmm. we got six of them coming back, and including John and Carson May, two walk-ons. But but all six of them, really. I mean, I mean, so Jarkel is just God. He's had I, I can't imagine anybody in college basketball having a more productive May than Jarkel. I can't imagine it. And uh, you know, and I mean, AC is Austin Crowley has has been right there with Jarkel and all of his workouts he's done on his own. And you know, like you said, Matthew Morell's really had a had some some great work in uh. Uh, in Memphis in May, you know, Robert Allen's been in Florida working hard. Uh, Sammy, uh, you know, has stayed here. Uh, he's had a, uh, a member of his family pass away. So he's going to go back to, to the Bahamas and attend a funeral and then come back. Uh, you know, so all of those guys, Luis, you know, they said played really, really well down in the, the Panamanian trials down there. Uh, so I'm excited about all of them. I really am. I just, I look forward to it. And uh, I, I think we're going to have a good leadership on our team and, and guys that love Ole Miss. And I think it'll affect the way our new guys work. Even when you're on vacation and you got a napkin in front of you and you're scribbling rotations potentially or starting lineups or regular lineups, whatever it might be, can Deshaun Ruffin and Jarkel play together on the same floor? No question. Yeah, no question. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, I thought Jarkel really was an improved uh, defender. You know, with that lineup, I mean, Deshaun's got great, great feet. He's a really undervalued defender. Uh, you know, and so I think that I think he can really be a great on-ball defender. Uh, you know, Jarkel is going to have to then would have to guard. You know, uh, more guards, more two guards in our league. I think he's very capable of doing that. You know, but both those guys at that size got to go back and be good rebounders too. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of different lineups, but both those guys can definitely be on the floor at the same time for sure all right for Ole Miss fans that are listening and for me too what's the dummies guide to the name image and likeness stuff gosh we're we're we're, we're, I'm just learning uh Ben and you know what what hit me which I love about Ole Miss and our people we're out in front of it our state number one we're one of five or six states that have already passed it so on July 1 we're ready there uh Keith TK Kyle Campbell that our whole staff did an unbelievable job. Uh, you know, we're we're right there. We've hired, hired a, a third party. Uh, you know, we've our, our next level program uh, is terrific. Uh, you know, Influencer is a great company. You know, for personal branding, it's just this, and this is just in a nutshell. And trust me, I am not the expert. I am learning on the fly. But you have a third party co- uh, company, uh, Influencer, and they handle everything. Uh, we can't direct a player to any kind of advertisement. Uh, can't direct a player to a booster. We're out of it. The administrative athletic department's out of it. But we've hired a third party, and all of the and the, the players have an app, and they can get on that app and they see who what companies are available. And I mean, a player can start hiring his own agent. Then hire his own agent. Now they say that the the agent that represents him 
in his name, image, and likeness cannot represent him in his basketball professional career. Okay, so that's 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 what we've heard. Uh, if a player say he's going to go do an ad on the square for a restaurant, he can't wear the Ole Miss brand. Uh, you know, you you can't do a commercial in the pavilion. Uh, you can't do a commercial at Swayze and have the, your uniform, anything with the Ole Miss brand uh, with that. So that that's a little uh, different. And then nutshell a little bit too is you start finding out that you can't compete against the Ole Miss contract. So, you know, whether you wear Nike, then, you know, a guy can't come out and wear a different shoe or you drink a certain brand of, of water, you know, that's endorsed by Ole Miss. You can't, you can't compete against Ole Miss. So, so there's some stipulations. I'm just starting to learn it. I'm, I'm, I'm in the early stages of this, Ben, but we had a great seminar this morning that we all got up to speed. We're going to have another on-campus interview uh, that would be in person in the first week of June. But I can tell you this, Ben, I really mean this. I mean, Ole Miss is out in front. They are, and you got to be, and they've done a terrific job of it. Well, thank God, because it sounds messy as hell. <laughs> it's going to be. I mean, you think about when you can have, you know, and we all want our, you know, everything is trying to increase our guys, you know, their brand, grow their brand, their personal brand, and we're all for that. And we sure hope it gives our, our players some some great opportunities but it's gonna be it's gonna be some navigating through it, you know. And uh, but like I said, everybody you have to deal with the with the, the third party, you know, our, our corporation influencer, and uh, it has to be done all in the in the right way. And so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens over the summer. You know, I'm sure football will kind of take the lead a little bit, you know, around the country. And I think we're all trying to figure it out. But, you know, when we're doing these name, image, and likeness deal, we're not on these two-and-a-half-hour calls. We're on, you know, five- and ten- and 15-minute calls. So people are still trying to figure everything out and all the protocols, Ben. Well, I'm going to hit you with a couple of quick hitter things real quick. First off, you're going to participate in the um, Shriners Children's Charleston Classic. And one thing that was lost last year and really hurt in terms of the NCAA tournament resume was losing the Cayman Islands Classic and most of your non-conference schedule, the last Power Five to get started, but participating in this tournament with the field that you got, including Clemson, Marquette, West Virginia, Temple, Boise State, a really good field. How important is that? Because these tournaments, when you think about the non-con in past seasons, they've been really important in terms of building that resume early and not getting behind the eight ball, which was really the case last year. Yeah, I mean, it just you're right. I mean, obviously we didn't play, and then we – didn't coach our team from the 17th to the 7th. So that was that was that was tough. But this field is great. You know, it's ESPN nationally televised. It's a great venue. I think we'll have a lot of Ole Miss Rebel fans that'll come to the to the turn of the field. I mean, I think you, I mean, St. Bonaventure may be ranked number one in the whole field of the eight. And there's a lot of NCAA tournament teams in there. And so you know, they're preseason top 25. And you've got a lot of really good teams. Uh, I think we'll get you know three great opportunities. For that, so yeah, we're really excited about Charleston. Devontae Shuler won the C Spire Howell Trophy. He's going pro. What is his process like? First of all, how big is it for him to win that award? Because it is a big award in state, but also now for him as he prepares for whatever is next, is that a full-on process like it used to be? Or are we still in the COVID protocols in regards to how prospects can prepare, especially those on the bubble like Devontae that's going to have to really work his way into the two-round draft? Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a really good award. It's a prestigious award in our state, and and the whole Ole Miss athletic department 
was represented very, very well on, on Monday. Uh, you know, yeah, the NBA process is still COVID hit. Uh, no question. Not a lot of workouts right now. Uh, you know, so uh, that thing would change. They moved the draft back to the end of July. They think it may be a shortened uh, summer league. That's still trying to be worked out right now. Uh, they do say it's going to be a, a pre-draft camp. And so, you know, th- those things are still in the process, you know, and uh, but it's not going to be like it's, it's normal self uh, being, you know, you know, two or three years ago. Well, TD has proven that you don't have to get drafted to make an imprint in the NBA. And he's been huge as far as y'all selling an NBA presence. He was dominant the last month coming off the bench for the Kings. So Devontae has a lot of paths forward to make it on an NBA roster. So when teams call you or they're just trying to get information about Devontae, what do you tell them? Because that does happen in the pre-draft process. They want to know what you think, what kind of player he was, coaching him, that kind of stuff. What do you tell those teams? Yeah, you know, I mean, people would be surprised the the due diligence that NBA teams do. They're going to call the trainer. Uh, they're going to ask him how he was, you know, obviously injuries, but how was he in the, in the training room? Great relationships with the trainer. How do you treat the managers? Uh, weight room, they'll call Riley and ask him. They'll call assistant coaches. You know, they call us all, you know, and you, you talk about, you know, the talent, but they, they want to know everything. You know, you like, you know the, the one thing is you, you want to be an and guy. You don't want to be a, a butt guy to where, you know, he's this and this and this, but you want to be an and guy. He's this and this and he's one of the first guys uh, to be in the, in the practice facility. This and this, this, and you know he's one of the very best teammates. So you want to be one of those and guys. That that, that comes in the process with Devontae and, and everybody, you know. And that you know Devontae had a great career, first team All SEC, speaks for itself. And and now he's you know he's got to go take advantage of uh, these opportunities. Hopefully to get to work out and in the summer league and uh, and hopefully prepare well for the draft. James White, Ole Miss basketball signee. He was the three AAAAA, so 6A, player of the year. When you think about him and the growth he's made since you signed him and what role he could play as a freshman, what do you envision for him? He, he loves ball. He has eat up with it. He's in that gym all the time. He cannot wait to get here. He's long, six four and a half, six five. really good skill level. Uh can go score, can play point, he play point, play two, play three. Uh, so, you know, like like a lot of young guys, you know, I haven't seen him in person as far as coaching him with his toughness and being able to defend. And, uh, but I think he's going to be willing uh, with that. But I know he's got great range, can shoot. And yeah, he does. I, I just can't. Like I said, I never met him in person. Isn't that crazy? But just looking forward to to getting him here and uh, getting him going, and uh, you know, and, and really evaluating all these guys. You know, in the first two or three weeks. Well, last thing I'll let you go. By the end of the summer, for this team, this new-look Ole Miss basketball team, what do you hope for the goals to be accomplished? Well, I hope we're in great, great condition. hope we're really enjoying playing with each other. hope we see a team that is connected offensively. Uh, where we're playing faster. The ball flows better. Uh, we're a better shooting team collectively. And... Uh, you know, and then obviously, you know, we're always a staple of our program as far as being with toughness and defending and all that. Uh, but, but really getting great flow offensively and watch ball movement, playing unselfish, and hopefully it's a real connected group that just enjoys coming to the gym with uh, when we have our last workout uh, in the end of July. He's Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach. Where'd you go on vacation once you got a break? 
you know, I went to Rosemary. We, we went for about six days, and uh, it was great. And uh, so, you know, usually we kind of do our vacation along with the SEC uh, meetings. But, but this year was six days, and my wife thought I did a, a, I tried a lot harder staying off the phone. I did a better <laughs> job. Paid attention more. We really had a good time. It was very, very relaxing. And uh, so, yeah, that's a good spot, as a, as a lot of us Mississippians know. We, we enjoy getting down there with the panhandle. Yeah, did you get to play any golf? I did. Bad golf. Played uh, <laughs> Shark's Tooth and Camp Creek, and the wind was howling. So it didn't really just make my game great, but I had a great time. But I did play twice while I was down there. Yeah, just always blame the wind. That's always what I do. I just blame the wind. The wind was at fault here, you know. That's why I sucked, you know. Uh, that's what he got. There's no doubt. I can a lot of things. I got a lot of crutches. He's Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach. Thanks, brother. appreciate you. We'll do it again. Thank you, buddy. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.